And so today, my dear friend Richard and I, what you will see him continuously because he seemed to be, this is an ongoing dialogue between me and Richard and sometimes with my other friends. And if any one of you have any um, questions or you'd like to participate on the questions that you have, I would love to hear from you because it is not about necessarily a famous people or well-studied people who's an expert. I think end of the day that we are all in life trying to figure out how to navigate this life. And everybody has different questions and everybody has different challenges. So I think hearing from individuals who's living ordinary, what we call ordinary life, but I don't know there is such a thing as ordinary life. I think it's all very extraordinary life perhaps our perception of what we call ordinary and, and unordinary, maybe it's different, it's merely our perception. And I think if we can share our experience with the world, perhaps we can help each other because whatever the experience I may go through, whatever experience that you may go through, then I, th I would incline to think every one of us are going through that one time or another. So that is the intention of this podcast. And so today, Richard and I, we are going to talk about prayer. And the reason I came up with this topic at this point is literally, I think about two days ago, Richard and I was on deep conversation on FaceTime, and somehow it turned into prayer. And I said, oh, I think that would make a great subject for podcast. I said, how about it? So Richard, so we're going to continue this conversation, and, it, and I'm going to just kind of lay out a little bit and how does one pray and why? Why do we pray? What do we expect from our prayer? I think those three things might cover, unless you want to add some other, other things. Well, <laughs> um, I grew up in a very religious family. And so in my youth, I prayed quite a bit. Then I went to college and my spiritual beliefs were knocked beaten out of me through the curriculum in college and I spent most of my adult life not praying. However, when I went through a midlife turbulence in my life where there was a lot of tragedy, a lot of emotional pain, I was drawn back <clears throat> to the legacy, the, um, the traditions that I grew up in, which was uh, the Protestant religion. And I started praying again. <clears throat> but in going back to my traditions, I had a great deal of difficulty accepting the Christian story. I had no difficulty accepting the tenets of Christianity. But the, the story, the rituals, the daily Sunday communion with, with other people, the community that was being built, I had, I had difficulty with that. And so like many people, I evolved into identifying myself as a spiritual person, not necessarily a religious person. So for the last 30 years, I've prayed quite regularly and I found tremendous comfort in praying. But now that I'm getting older and the reality of my mortality is facing me, in a way that it never did in my youth, I'm beginning to question my spiritual beliefs. <clears throat> and 
I'm at a stage where I am continuing to pray and I continue to get comfort for that, but I've changed what I'm praying for. I really feel at this junction, I need to have certainty that there is a God, that that God, <clears throat> I can have a personal relationship with that God and that God will intervene and answer my, into this material world and answer my prayers. So in my youth, I prayed for material things like a lot of people did. During my midlife, when I went back to the tradition, I prayed that God would allow me the opportunity to be the best person that I could be. And now I'm praying to God for two things. I'm asking God if he would reveal himself to me. I really need to know, to have certainty that there is a God. And if so, I'm praying to him not to help me to be the best that I can be, but rather I'm surrendering myself to God and saying, God, direct me. I will be whatever you want me to be. I will pursue whatever you want me to pursue. But I need that revelation that you exist. And I'm sorry to say, I've not been successful, but this is a new venture for me. And so what do you think about that? Well, um, that's interesting because I'm not quite sure in our conversation, you have quite put it that way, meaning basically you're looking for proof of God, right? That's what you're saying. Well, uh, yes, yes. And, and frankly, given my beliefs, and my beliefs were indoctrinated into me to worship God, I think it's disrespectful to say, God, give me proof, right? So the wording that I use is, God, please reveal yourself to me. But in typical Mison fashion, you cut through the BS, go right to the truth. Yeah, I want some proof. Okay, now I find that um, interesting uh, and a little bit perplexing that you say that, because isn't that your life has been in so many ways um, proof of existence of God? Because when, because I know you in a different ways a little bit, that the way your life has worked out, the way that things that you perceive as impossible almost, that has been possible, isn't that the proof of the existence of God? Um, so when you say you want a tangible proof, do you mean like what, the God to be flying down and say, hey, here I am, that I'm God? Or do you mean there's some kind of miracle that is beyond reason? It is it's a beyond reason. It's a beyond fathomable. It, it just happens. So now that's to you is a proof. Which one is it? Yes, in answer to your question, there, have, there has been what seems to be proof as evidenced by my personal transformation that I underwent, which would have, would have, I never could have conceived that my worst tragedy turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. So, so that, number one. Number two, um, I have an interest in the universe for some strange reason. And there's increasing evidence that the universe is far bigger than we ever imagined with the new telescopes that have just gone up. 
they now know that there's not 100 billion galaxies, which, which is what they believed to be the case several years ago. Today, they think there's as many as 2 trillion galaxies. These are galaxies, each galaxy containing 100 to 200 billion stars. Something of this magnitude to have come into existence, the scientific people will say, well, it came from nothing. It just popped into being, right? Well, I don't know. There's, there's something, there's some force, there's some power behind this at a universe level. And then just looking at the human body, um, the scientists will, with great conviction, will tell us that the theory of evolution is true. And I'm not here to disprove it, but I am here to question it because it's still called, call, called a theory. It's not scientifically been proven. There is a lot of evidence to indicate it might, might be true, but there are a lot of holes, a lot of holes in the theory of evolution. Um, okay, I'm gonna backtrack this just a little bit because I think we're kind of going off the track a little bit in terms mm -hmm. of, um, so the theme was how does one pray and why, and why that why why do we pray and what do do you expect from the prayer? So now we've been we've been diving and digging. Does it God do you exist? Because my introduction was more more of that existence of a God. I guess assumption of existence God. That why do we pray the way we pray? Where we've been talking or where you've been talking is really about the universe and the creation. Would you agree to that, that conversation, the, the creation of the earth? That's why God exists. That's a proof. But, and you said you were looking for proof. Um, for me, and I think the prayer and does that God exists, it is much, yes, science is proving by looking at the galaxies and trillions and trillions of stars, all those magnificent things are giving us hopefully without a shadow of the doubt that God exists because this cannot just man manifest from nothingness per se, because if something as magnificent as I say, never mind humans, butterflies, cat you know, caterpillar come from, you know, butterfly come from caterpillar, or they just to watch the tree or just to watch the mushrooms and the fungus. I mean, you name it, everything has an entire property that contains within the universe itself that it can be created. I mean, that's just mind blowing. I think worse human, the human being that we call ourselves inferior in our parts because we have disabilities and whatever, it is the most magnificent thing that, that anyone could possibly create. So if it's per se man created human being and, and, and for the sake of the conversation, less, um, agile, less brilliant, we would still call the most magnificent thing like a robot, you know, when the robot moves and can pick up a trash from one side to the other, and whatever we call like, oh my God, right, we are so excited, or the vacuum cleaner when he came about, or the refrigerator and all that. So the way our body functions, that is an absolutely nothing, nothing short of a miracle, mm -hmm. because also when one component goes awry, we are mm -hmm. in a lot of trouble. But our body functions on itself, never mind the galaxy. Our way the body function, it just blows your mind. I mean, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I guess the prayer part um, to me, since I have accepted all that, so maybe I'm just jumping in a different place, is that the, I already acknowledge God exists. 
for me. The God exists. I don't have to see it. I don't have to touch it. I just know it does in a way that I touch within myself. And I think the prayer is, I'm going to just make a small quote from Rumi. The work in the invisible world, at, at least as hard as you do invisible world. So if we, so prayer is working in invisible world, because oftentimes invisible world, even our prayer is, God, can I get a raise? Can I get, can I get a girlfriend? Can I get a boyfriend? Can I have love of my life? You know, can I have this? Can I have that? Can I get a good grade, right? Could I not have my mother mad at me? My wife mad at me? My husband, you know, any of the, it's a, it's a lot of, can I have, or give me that that's how we pray, you know, um, by working on invisible world that understand, um, that when you say that I want to be the best person, what is thy will? To me, that is working on something that you're not asking for proof. You're asking to be led. Does that make sense to you? Well, yes, but I think you're confusing a couple of things that I've said. And I know I was weaving a big picture, mm -hmm. um, but I felt it was important to, to explain to you and to the audience um, the transition that I've gone through because I have had periods where I've had doubt. Sure. The irony is when I have been praying and I've entered a period of doubt and stopped praying, mm -hmm. when I go back and start praying again, almost as if I pretend that I believe, almost as if I create a God, when I do that, I feel very different. I feel not so alone. I feel as if God will develop a personal relationship with me and will intervene in my life. Um, so it's almost like in creating the belief in God, I have this God that is very comforting to me. Now, I know this may, may not be what you want to hear because you're very definitive about what you, what you believe, but I'm not. I'm not, and I don't think I'm alone, Misong. I think a lot of people are. And so I think that being truthful about that uh, will add value to this well, podcast. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. This is actually, this is about not agreeing with everything. It's about disagreeing in, in, in the context, removing the ego, but looking at it from different perspectives, different angles, different eyes and all that. So this is what this podcast is all about because everybody come with a different different um, outlook, different experience in life, right? So, but I, I'm having conversation with you and I'm questioning that what you were saying simply because one hand, I find that it's fascinating is, um, and as you describe, and we talked about the style of our prayer, how you asked me the other day, how do I, do I pray? I said, I've been praying this way for X amount of time, which is my prayer is always in surrender. Meaning the surrender is that when my younger days, of course, you know, God, if like my mother was alive, God, if I can have this, God, this, because I thought God could relieve whatever the difficulty that I had. So I think that I thought I must have thought that God was the auto taker. But now that in that once I have accepted it, um, divinity, well, for the lack of a better word, or the 
even when you when I was putting in an order, still I believed in God. But now I believe in God a little bit differently, perhaps. But it's more that I know that I have an ability to do that God has given me, given everybody ability to do so much more than they will ever ever use in their lifetime. That is my belief from what I witness in life and experience that we will never use it. So what I pray to God is saying, God, you got the control of this, this wheel, this, this, and I am the servant that I come at, uh, in whatever way that I can participate in doing thy will in the die whelming and i don't even know when i do say that well you know god can do whatever god wants he or she so um he doesn't necessarily need me or anybody else that's my thought that god can just with the one sweep of whatever with the whisper that whole whole thing can be done but god has given me and everybody else free will so how much damage can i do the question i ask is the the gift that has been given to me so the i kind of take the, my gift so to speak, and put in front of the God and say, God, I'm going to ask for X, Y, and Z, but please, if you perceive this is not good for my highest being, or it's not good for the highest well-being of my environment, my planet, whatever, please don't let it, don't answer my prayer. Don't answer my prayer. And I'm really good with that because my egoic perspective is so narrow, what I think is good for somebody it may not be, it might be just my perspective. So, so I surrender um, having judgment saying this is the best thing. So I kind of surrender every single day is, is show me the way, lead me the way, very much like yours, but also I qualify. If it is not good for my high, highest good and it's not good for the world and it's not good for the anything, please don't, you know, don't answer my prayer. And I'm really good. So I won't be disappointed. You know, uh, I guess that's the thing when you ask for the because when we ask for prayer, oftentimes we have a very specific thing in mind. And that is in a way that we ask, we see that as a proof, right? If I get that, if I see it that way, then that's a proof. And I guess my way of praying is if I don't see it happens, that's also proof as well. So I don't have to well, well, I can add to that, that my, my prayer technique has evolved over my lifetime in three stages. The first being when I was younger, I would, I would pray to have things. For example, God, please, can I have a girlfriend? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and guess what? God answered the prayer, and I married that girlfriend. And then uh, in midlife, I prayed to allow to uh, that would God would allow me to become the best person that I could be. And once again, he answered that prayer because over a 30 year period, I really delved into personal growth and personal change. And I really, the old Richard that is, is gone. He doesn't exist anymore. I really transformed myself in a very positive way in terms of love, abundance, health, uh, happiness. It, it's, it's miraculous what came into my life. And now at this stage, being a seen, quote unquote, senior citizen now, I'm doing much what you are doing. I am praying that God allows my life to unfold in a way that's in alignment with his will. 
And the overwhelming feeling I get from that is one of total surrender, of putting it all onto God and just allowing whatever his will is for my life. And that, that generates a lot of peace, a lot of minimalizing of worry. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if he answers that prayer the way he answered the other two well, types of prayers. You, let me ask you. Do you th so when you say you ask God to be the best I can be and, you know. The In the past, I did. Yeah. Now, when you do that, and, and this is a broader question, do you think we all have what is our sense of what the best is? Do we know what the best is? So in other words, it's a projection of what we think. If I achieve that, if I, got, I get to be that person, if I have that kind of certain ideas and, and, and habits, that I will be a better person. So, so that is still the uh, expectation, right? That's a very good point. And I would say during the second phase of my prayer revolution, um, I, I wasn't even aware of that. Uh, I was just praying for what I wanted. And what I wanted was to transform myself and be a better person. But, but, so. but again, your definition, I'm questioning not you per se, but all of us, um, because it is in our mind, it is in our projection, what we see. So when we say, even... Depends on because when it's one thing to pray and say, God, help me to be the best I can be, the best, whatever that you give that you, you have given me, may I manifest and become that and use that gift. Then there's another matter when we say, God, I want to be the best person I can be, but you have this idea of what that person is. So it's your creation. So in other words, it's not the God's will, it's you want the God's answer your will. Then right. when once you, and if I become that, that means the God was there, right? God answered your prayer. So that's what I thought at the time. But as my consciousness has evolved, I've evolved into a third stage where it's an allowing. It's not an identifying to, to me specifically of what I feel will make me a better person. It's God, I'm allow me to be the instrument for you. Okay. So now and I, and I never even had this awareness during the other two stages. I just knew that I was very dissatisfied with who I was and I wanted to improve myself. Okay, so since you did ask for the proof from the beginning of this program, so when you pray that allow me, let me be the instrument of whatever that thy will is, how, when that become, when that is your prayer, do you have any, uh, how would that prove to you um, that God is answering because in a, uh, answering your prayer because then the first portion is if I get to be X Y and Z you have an image you have a thought then I know the God answered my prayer now you have just surrender and say hey God whatever thy will is but the beginning of the program you asked I want to see the proof I want to feel the proof basically so now how how are you going to get that since you well I don't I don't know for sure because I haven't reached that stage but I would hope and I would imagine that I'd have more peacefulness, okay. that I would have a knowing, an inner knowing that God, and, and that it would feel right. Whatever direction I go in, it would really feel right inside, deep within my emotion. In theory, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't reached that stage yet, but what? this is what I feel compelled to pray for. 
Well, you know, you know. I've sort of, I've sort of, I've done the self improvement. I've created a whole new man, a whole new person, and now I kind of would like, in the latter stages of my life, to have an impact, a positive impact on other people, without necessarily proving it by what I do, but rather just by being what God allows me to be. Because after all, I didn't create myself. I fine-tuned myself. Each one of us was created by some power beyond us. We just popped into existence, you know? So I know you don't like to hear that when I talk oh, no, about it, no, 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 but no. that's, that's so not... intertwined with my belief in God is this the miraculousness of life at the universal level, at the physical, personal, physical body level. It's miraculous. And like you, that to you is proof that there is a God. Right. So how much more proof that do you need? As you demonstrated that it is a miraculous enough life, this human body, the universe and stars. So actually you're asking for more from my I am. I am. And, and, and what I really need is I know to go, I need to go to the post office and receive a, receive a certified letter from God that outlines <laughs> it's the declaration <laughs> of what all of this is. <laughs> Um, you, you, um, okay, you, 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 I, mean, I was going to say, you do know that, um, no, I'm not going to say it. Uh, um, uh, um, yeah, and maybe that is the part that needs to be worked on, because that, um, we yeah. all have limitless amount of so-called proof, if we want. It's all around us, right? That being yes. able to see, be able to choose something, be able to just function. I just look around the world, I look at the skies, and, and I know there is a tragedies, and I know there's so much going on in this world these days, just it's unbelievable. And I think you and I had this conversation before, it's about if the God exists, why these awful things happens. And I think the, my, I gave you at the time the perspective was it isn't the God who is doing it, it is us, we are doing it. And the God has given us the free will and we are either to destroy or to save and God intervene once in a while, but you know, God is not running around like, say, oh my God, Charlie, you can't do this. Then me soon, you can't do this. Or Richard, you can't, you know, and let me fix, let me fix. Because one hand we want a free will and other hand we want a God to take care of every mistake that we make or whatever choices we make essentially seem to work out quite that way i do find it's 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 in this day in the world that we we are because we are energy so what is prayer prayer is energy that it is being put forth into the universe and to me that energy so whether it is when the tornado is coming is an energy, but it's a violent energy that it can shake up and it can break things and it can kill things and all those things. Then there's an energy such as whisper, the energy of kiss uh, that, um, so the prayer is almost like that, but it is just as powerful, if not more powerful. So I do see as a collectively, um, if we all pr pray in the room, uh, that that room will be transformed. Consequently, we will be transformed because that energy travel from one to, one to the other. And you and I, both of us have experienced that. Uh, going into room, that room feels peaceful. And you go into room, they're feeling somewhat of a violent. So 
um, in terms, you know, it's the way we pray and our expectation, I guess we're talking about, because we, we say at this day and age, with everything that's going on, so current crisis with the, never mind the climate, I mean, that's one of the most important things is the survival of human beings, that are we going to have a home? Other hand, what's going on in Ukraine right now, and it's a timeline, it is unbelievable, and how it's all going to shake out, you know, so there's, Every day, my prayer is, even I'm having a bad day, I say, stop complaining about what I'm, what's going on in my life. Look at those people like, oh my God. So, you know, God, please, you know, pray. And, and so why isn't getting fixed? You know, so it's, it's, so how do we direct our prayer? And, and so if you're hungry, you pray for the food. If you're homeless, uh, if you don't have a house, you pray for the house. And if you're sick, you, you pray for the health. So. I guess we can pray for all those things, but possibly shifting our energy into praying for the well-being of the world itself. And maybe if we can do that, we can transform individually as well. Because if the world is healthy place, then we will be healthy. If we approach life, we go into the life being sick mentally, emotionally, physically, in every which ways, then we bring out that garbage into the world and we make the rest of them like an infection sick. So um, I guess the sum is that, that it's, it's instant. You know, God, I pray, and if you answer me, I know that you exist. To that some people that pray um, and, you know, that why do they pray? It's because they want to come out at the most suffering whatever the situation they are in so, if so you are you say, are you saying that you prefer to uh, a top-down approach to prayer whereby you're praying for the collective first and foremost and then the benefits received by the collective will re revert back to you is that what you're saying no not exactly maybe maybe mm -hmm. I, mean, I didn't think so yeah. uh, because I, First of all, you do have to fix yourself, so to speak, in terms of you have to make yourself a calm human being. So from there, that he goes out into the world, right? Because if you are having a bad day and you are in a bad mood, let's say, then what you're going to transmute to another being or the, into the room or the, your energy is not very conducive. So in terms of, I'm, I guess I'm making a little bit of jump is when also we pray is we expect to be calm. We expect the God to answer, right? That there's like, I've been praying is usually, people don't say I've been praying screaming. That people say I've been praying in very calmly. So we expect ourselves to be calm, right? Which we get because you pray calmly. So when you get that energy, you transmute that energy into, so next person that you will see, if you, if you just got out of the prayer, cause I don't necessarily want to talk, uh, I, I was going to say, this could be a fun conversation. I hear people say they all go into church and they all listen to the great sermon. They all pray. Then they come out and they jump into their car and they try to get a front of the next car so they can get out of the parking lot as fast as they can. You know, it's, it's a, we've been to a lot of situations like what happened? Like, you know, love your neighbor, do X, Y, and Z. Then you come out and you start honking horns because somebody's not moving enough and everything else. You forget. So, if, but if you can contain that energy within the, whatever the place, the synagogue, church or whatever, or the mosque, that the sense of a divinity. And when you walk out and you, if you can contain that, 
the way you would treat each other literally would be within the framework of a prayer, moving prayer, moving meditation. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Because, yeah. because oftentimes we pray out of desperation, right? When people are in trouble, they go to pray for God to fix it. Um, right? I'm going to presume for you that prayer is as comforting for you as it is for me. Would that be a correct statement? That there's a lot of comfort to be had in prayer? Mm, well, yes, but I, I was going to say, what well, because the way I pray is not a comfort or it's not discomfort. It's mostly it's like constant dialogue with my parents like my mother, my father, my beloved. So it's a constant, even, even though there's a sit time that I do pray, but I'm jumping in the car and I'm talking to God. I'm getting out of the car talking to the God. I'm, it's, what was it somebody said to me at the, I don't know what I was doing. And somebody said, oh, Misun, you talk to everything. I said, well, because, oh, as a particularly technology, I said, I don't want the technology to go awry because I have a lot of computer equipment. So I said, I am, talking as though prayer is always in a very calm fashion because i believe in any so i um it gives me a comfort but i don't know how to be any it's like i need a water to drink so i can survive i i need air to breathe something that is given it works um and the prayer is like my talking to god is like you know it's like my i don't always say oh my arm is attached to me Oh, it's, it's, do I have my arm with me, right? Because it's attached to you, right? Maybe I can put it that way better. So to me, it's like God walks with me, talks to me in everywhere, every corner and every crevice. So it's like my ongoing dialogue. It's just- And, and is it a conscious dialogue? Um, I would say most of the time, but sometimes it may be unconscious, just like, mm -hmm. you know, you, because it's, it's, it's so constant, I mean, it's given, it's given. Okay. So let me scratch scratch the word comfort and go to the word that you use is it's common. It's very common to you, correct? Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, for me, first of all, I, I would like to get um, things fixed as fast as anybody else, but I don't necessarily expect that. It's just a calming because I'm talking to the divine itself. I am that accessibility. So it's calming. It's like, if, how do I put this? If you saw a beautiful, beautiful flower, just walking by, you saw the most magnificent flower, even though you were angry, I would incline to think, or the beautiful sky, your mood just shifts. And the way you feel before we can even utter the word, prayer, it will shift and you would just feel a divine sense of an awe. So most of the time, I would say, I walk through this life, just feeling the sense of that divine with me always. So it cannot but keep me calm. And if I do have an irrational thought running and whatever, and of course it does times, but there's a little part in my brain said, really? Did you really think that? Did you really say? So it modulates and monitor, so I don't express it. So in terms of, and I call that a God as well. It's kind of stay and constant, like it just, I don't even have to ask. It's just, it's there. 
I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but in terms of, because it keeps me calm, it's like looking at the, I wouldn't say teddy bear about the beautiful sky or whatever. In, it, was, it, it was right stuck by you. You cannot but appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I certainly can understand that, but I'm curious in the delving into why. What's the, you know, well, why is it that when we pray, it's not filled with anger? Why, why does it not make us more angry the more we pray? It doesn't. The more we pray, the more it calms us, right? Now, is that the presence of God? Does that, is that another additional proof? Mm, I think why, why when we pray, do we not laugh? Why isn't it humorous? Like watching Robin Williams give, give a comedic reaching, reaching, you know? I think that one of them is because we do acknowledge at that point when we do come sit in, in a chair or, or kneel down, whatever, that we are addressing something thousand times bigger than you so when you you address some something that's with authority and it's something such as god that who can who can who created this this world of course that you're going to have this sense of awe so you're going to be calm you're not going to be screaming so let's face it if we're going to be asking if you want your raise you won't be running into your boss's office saying start screaming at your boss you will be looking at unless you want to get fired you'll be looking at the way to say it in a very calm and if you know your boss is really nice and he's going to be reasonable you're going to be even more calmer and you're going to address that person with the more sense of an awe and authority i would maybe it's not as good as that i can put but i, I would incline to think when we are praying is because we go into that mode acknowledging that it's there's something so much bigger. So it's authority figure. It is the mother in a hundred folds and father in a hundred folds. So you have to. It's like a you know child who shows up. You know, if you see a king, you bow down to it, and the queen, it automatically, why do you not do it? Because they're not in your level. You went there in different level than you. So that's why we do it. That doesn't mean people hasn't started screaming at God and saying, hey, why did you do this to me or this or that? And that's not a prayer. That's just, you know, uh, uh, that, that doesn't fall in the category. But pe people have had that kind of all the time, every single day, every single day. But for me, in terms of there is a prayer and a quietness, and this is just prayer in, in my conversation. And then there's a prayer in just when I say conversation, meaning to me, it's like I could be walking and I'm having a bad day. It is a form of prayer saying, hey, God, I know you know all this, but I'm having a such and such a kind of day. I, I, I know you see, you know it all, but I just want you to hear me. So the human in me, I, I could just start talking, just telling the day. I'd like to ask you about uh, the difference or the similarity or both between meditation and prayer, because I know you're a great meditator. And you shared recently with me that through meditation, you actually healed yourself. So could you talk a little bit about how you feel meditation relates to prayer? Well, for me, it's meditation is I, the prayer is my dialogue. Meditation is the most of the time is going into neutral place so that no thinking, I try, I mean, the thoughts do come, but in my meditation is the place that there is no push and pull. I just want to get into that neutral place, almost putting my brain in, in the receiving mode. 
So whatever it is, the light or whatever you want to call to be making a connection and to me the it is the meditation is that being trans transmuted into my 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 being so the healing myself is literally when i have i conceptualize that as well my body parts or whatever been sick times i literally go in and just open myself i mean literally in my meditation is i visualize the light of god that just pouring through me completely and wipe away everything and so that is how i hear literally if i i used to have an asthma severe asthma i was on medication i was on inhaler and i also knew there was a big component of emotional side side of it what triggered it all because i didn't have it until like one day i woke up with it um so i realized that so I literally open my heart and just concentrate on my lung and all of this divine light just pouring in and healing, putting every cell in my body, um, repairing it so that I, I stop with that push and pull psychologically, letting go of what, of what, um, what caused it. So it is again as a, in a very similar way when you say surrender, it is in my meditation is I surrender into divine power, not my object objectivities, because oftentimes we show up with our objectives. And my objective is very, very limited at the scope of my understanding. It is an infant, you know, this is um um, I'm looking for the word, but it, it will be like a grain of sand. So maybe biggest thing is that I acknowledge whatever that I think I know. Not really. I only know just a one little facet of it in thinking that I know something much bigger. So I stay in that neutral place continuously that show me what well, is my prayer is I believe, but help my unbelief. I see the visible, 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 that is with our eyes, then we think I see everything. I know I don't see everything. So my prayer is also the, the help me to see what is not visible, what help me to see what is, because that's my way of, because we go in saying, if I'm looking for red flower, our eyes are targeted on the red flower, and we're gonna miss everything else. Then it might be something wonderful and magnif magnificent that's around it, and we're missing it because our eyes are just looking for the red flower. So my prayer is, I see what is visible, but may I also see what is invisible. So that has been my prayer. So I, I hope I answered your question. Yes. And I think, um, so Richard, I'm going to give you, even though it was interrupted, but the, the finish off on, on your thoughts um, about the prayer, because I'm going to bring this to the conclusion. So would you like to have a last word on that? Well, my overwhelming thought is when I pray, I feel comforted. I feel calmed. I feel as though there is a higher power listening to me and reassuring me that that um, all is well. Um, and at the same time, my intellectual brain, my cognitive brain, particularly when it listens to the scientists of today who are so absolutely determined, almost in an arrogant way, 
to profess that there is no God. This is hocus pocus. I'm really disturbed by that because it's almost as if there's a, con a confrontation against God. Um, it does plant doubts. And I, I you know, well, so. I think I, I have a friend who said a long time ago, and I'm sure I'm not saying it correctly, but she said, the more you study physics, that more that you are in awe that you know that God exists. Yeah. So, and I would, uh, I would absolutely incline to agree with that. And I think we can kind of go in and, and from my personal perspective of all my experience, why God does exist. But one thing for sure is God does not take my order necessarily. But again, uh, not, when I said order, meaning that's not what God was supposed to be, is to, to you know, I messed up, so can you fix it? You know, that kind of way. It is the God that allow us to, to grow as a spiritual being and to have a commune with God. So that is how I see it. Um, but I think this, this dialogue can go into so much deeper uh, than we have gone in, but essentially I think we, we have at least had some decent conversation and I can see how we're gonna have a more personal conversation after this. But in that note, so thank you very much. I hope this was helpful. And again, like I said, um, if you have your own thoughts and questions you have, but any subjects, any subjects, I think there's a lot of depressions and anxiousness going on, anxiety in this world. And this will be the subjects that I would like to carry on the next segment and so on, because living in a post-pandemic world, what's that like and how are we negotiating this world? So thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Mm -hmm.